Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church in Jersey. So we're doing a series called We Celebrate This. We want to be a church that celebrates and rejoices. I don't know what you think about when you think of the word celebrate. Maybe you think of at a football match when your team scores a goal. Or maybe you think about, hey, I got a bonus or a promotion or I won a lottery. I, I don't know. Maybe it's a birthday or a wedding. Celebrate. But now translate that to church. Do you think of church as being a place to celebrate? Because Christians should be people who celebrate more than anyone in the world. But the things we celebrate may not be the things that the world celebrates. Last week, we spoke about we celebrate our relationships. Wonderful relationships. It's something to celebrate. When we put a big rock in place at the beginning of a year and we say we are going to celebrate relationships or whatever it is, it affects the whole year. And we look with a positive mindset saying I want to celebrate the good things rather than a negative mindset saying I'm against uh, whatever it is you know, bad this or sin or drugs or whatever. We say, no, no, let's celebrate the positives and you'll find that the negatives automatically drop away. Not that we ignore them, but we focus on what we celebrate and the power and the energy of God's Spirit allows us to overcome. So last week, relationships. We're going to celebrate relationships. Parties, whatever, decorations, food, smiles, happiness. This week we're talking about celebrating God's presence. And this sounds Christian and it sounds spiritual and it sounds, oh, very good. We celebrate God's presence. But I want to say today about what it it means in practice. What does it mean when we celebrate God's presence? Now, if you've been in church for a while, particularly charismatic churches, If I say to you, we celebrate God's presence, what that usually means for people who've been in church a lot is something along these lines. We went to church today and something happened and God showed up and God's presence came and people were affected in their emotions or their feelings or their bodies or or something. God's presence was there and so we celebrated. And I want to say, yes, we celebrate God's presence in a massive way. But today I want to show us that we don't wait to feel something before we celebrate. We celebrate and then the feelings come afterwards. And even people who don't know the Lord can feel it. But we as a church want to say we celebrate the presence of God. We believe when the Bible says, where Jesus said, if two or three of you gather in my name, I am there in the midst of you. We want to celebrate that. We don't want to be talking about a Jesus from 2,000 years ago who's not here anymore or a Jesus who's far away in heaven who one day when we die we'll see but he's not here anymore. We don't want to be in that mindset where it's intellectual, theoretical, unemotional. We want to be saying... Jesus, what if Jesus was really here? The real Jesus. But now he's glorified. So he's not just the man who walked around the the streets of Israel, but he's now the glorified Lord. And he's here with all his glory, all his power, but also all of his goodness and his healing and his words of guidance and and everything about him is here. 
Imagine we were one of those people on the streets of Israel when Jesus was walking by. Do you remember blind Bartimaeus? Everyone's walking by and they're with Jesus. They're in his presence. But blind Bartimaeus says, no, no, I, I want to really be in his presence. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He starts shouting out. They start trying to quieten him down. He won't be quiet. He says, I must interact. I don't want to just be vaguely in the presence of Jesus or know that he's around. I want to experience and touch him and be touched by him and speak to him and be spoken to by him. I, I want the presence of God. And so there's a fine balance I'm trying to get today. We celebrate the presence of God and we want to experience his presence. But on the other side, the thing that we're trying not to say is we don't wait for an experience or a feeling or a, something I can sense uh, before we say God was here. I don't know if I'm making myself clear today. Have you, have you been in a service where people say God showed up at a, you know, after about 15 minutes in the service, God showed up. It's, I, I, I know what people are saying. Suddenly we could feel him after 15 minutes. But isn't it true that God was here even before we arrived? And God's been here all along and he will be here afterwards. But what we're saying is how do we get into that place where we, where we benefit from his presence, where we sense it, where it changes us. And what I want to say today is that it doesn't come feelings first and then we say he's here. It comes believe first and then we see. In Mark chapter 16, Jesus said, these signs will follow those who believe. In other words, the believing comes first and then you start to sense and see and, and feel things. In John 11 verse 40, when Jesus is about to raise Lazarus from the dead, Mary and Martha are saying, oh Lord, we wanted to see your power. He said, didn't I say to you, if you believe, you will see the glory of God. In other words, it's not if I see, then I'll believe. If, if I get a goosebump, then God is here. No, no, I believe God is here and I celebrate it by faith. Hallelujah. I walk in here and even though my physical eyes and ears can't see and hear Jesus, my eyes and my heart, my faith eyes, say He is here. The whole earth is full of His glory. And as I start to do that, as we become a people who celebrate His presence by faith, we say God's Word says He's here. God's Word says He's here when two or more gather. God's Word says He's here when I'm in my darkest hour, when I'm at work, when I'm alone, when I'm in, sick in a hospital. Wherever I am, He is here. I celebrate His presence by faith and things change. I start to see the results that people in the New Testament saw when Jesus touched them, when he broke the bread and multiplied it, when he said, your sins are forgiven, when he smiled at them and said, oh, you of little faith, why did you not believe? All those beautiful experiences that people had in his presence, we say we want to celebrate that by faith, and then we will see it. And we want to make it such a big priority that it's one of the the big stones that we put in place in our church and in our lives. We want to celebrate the presence of God. And that's why we're called a charismatic church. It, it's, that's the technical word. Charismatic means people who believe that God will really 
touch us and impact and gifts of the Spirit, um, you know, words from Him, healings, His presence. They, they expect God to actually be involved in our services rather than it's just an intellectual exercise. And that will affect our lives, our emotions, our bodies get healed. In, in worship, sometimes we're worshiping and suddenly I'm just in another place and I'm just sensing the presence of God. It affects my body, my emotions, my mood, my thoughts. And what I'm trying to say today is we get there by celebrating the fact that he's here by faith. And then you'll see all of those amazing results happen afterwards. Have you ever been at a, at a dinner or a, an event where there was a very famous person there? Maybe it's a concert. Uh, maybe it's a dinner in honor of someone where there's a guest speaker who's a famous person or, or whatever. Maybe they, you just know they're in the room. That's what a lot of people are like in church. They kind of come to church, but they know that Jesus is here, but it doesn't really, it doesn't really impact them. They, they haven't spoken to him or touched him. Whereas at other times, you sit next to the famous person. I remember we went to a conference when a very famous preacher was there. And in the lunchtime, between the two sessions, he came and he sat next to me. And he started talking to me. And we had a long conversation. And it was just like, wow, I've really experienced the presence of this person. Whereas a lot of people just said, oh, I was at an event that so-and-so was at. We want to celebrate Jesus' presence so that everyone who comes, not just those who have faith, but even those who don't have faith, there's something that touches them and they sense and experience Jesus is real. He's here today. He's alive. He can heal. He can forgive. He can provide. He can do miracles in my life. And we want to prioritize that, which is why we have worship. It's not just let's get ready for the sermon. We're worshiping and celebrating his presence. He's here. That's why we're saying, you know, when we're singing the words of those songs, what we're actually doing is we're talking to Jesus and we're saying, you are amazing. You are wonderful. As if he's standing right in front of us because the Bible says he is. He's here. Even right now, the Lord Jesus is here by the power of his spirit. He's here. And so we, we're telling him he's great. Uh, when we leave gaps in the service and we're just waiting on him, it's because his presence is important to us. We're not just going through a schedule of an order of service. We're saying, Lord, you are here. Is there anything you want to do? Is there anything you want to say? How, how can we respond to your presence here? We celebrate it. When we come in and we dance and we sing and we clap and we raise our hands and some people fall on the ground or whatever, the ideal is that we do that not because the music is very good. Not because the worship leader says, come on guys, let's sing loud. It's because by faith we say, God is here. And I'm going to show you a couple of things that happen as a result of that. <coughs> so a couple of stories. Which one shall I start with? There was this guy called Obed-Edom. King David in 2 Samuel chapter 6 was bringing the Ark of God's Covenant into Jerusalem because the Ark was God's physical presence on planet earth. The cloud would be above the ark between the cherubim and God says, I will speak to you there above the ark of the covenant. At that time, God was physically present 
in the Ark of the Covenant. And David said, we want God's presence in Jerusalem. So he starts bringing it, but he didn't respect how awesome God was. And so he didn't follow all the rules that God had said, when you transport the Ark, this is how you should do it. And as a result, when the Ark was uh, going to fall off the, the wagon, one of the guys put out his hand and stopped it, and he was struck dead because you can't touch God's presence lightly. And David suddenly thought, whoa, I better rethink this. This really is God's presence. And so he left the ark at Obed-Edom's house for three months. And the Bible says everything about Obed-Edom's house and his life and his family was so blessed that people started talking about it around the whole nation. Have you heard how Obed-Edom's getting blessed? And David heard about it. And after three months of leaving it there, he says, all right, I'm ready now. Let's bring the ark back into Jerusalem, the presence of God. And so 2 Samuel 6 uh, verse 12, so David went, brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with gladness. You see, this is the right response. When I'm bringing God's presence, there is a sense of awe and reverence, but there's a gladness. Why? Because wherever God is, there is blessing, there is forgiveness, there is freedom, there is liberty and joy. And so there's always gladness whenever God's presence is in a place. And it says uh, they sacrificed every six steps. They would sacrifice um, sheep and, and oxen. And then David danced before the Lord with all his might. And he was wearing a linen ephod. He took off all his kingly robes. And he was just dancing before the Lord uh, with shouting, with the sound of a trumpet. And his wife was watching from a window, his wife Michal. And she, she was very unimpressed with how undignified David was. And so when he got home... Uh, Michal, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet him and said, How glorious was the king of Israel today, uncovering himself today in the eyes of all these people. And David said, It was before the Lord that I did this. You see, when I celebrate God's presence, I don't care what anyone else thinks because he is my audience. You know, when the worship team get up to worship, they could worry about us and how we respond. But I've said to the worship team, you only have one person watching you and it's God. We worship before God. It doesn't matter if everyone else around you kind of looks at you askance and says, that's a weird way to respond. I am celebrating before the Lord. If I care more about the opinions of people than about the opinion of God, then I'm not really celebrating His presence because He is the only one that matters. Amen? And David says, it was before the Lord who chose me. Um, therefore, I will play music before the Lord, and I will be even more undignified than this, and will be humble in my own sight. And, and Michal, his daughter, just couldn't get it. She couldn't celebrate God's presence. She was more concerned about what people thought. And as a result, she was barren. She couldn't have children because she wouldn't celebrate the presence of God like David did. Obed-Edom went on. Interesting, I haven't got time to go into it now, but in 1 Chronicles 16 and, and 2 Chronicles 25, we see that Obed-Edom left his house and he followed the ark and he then worked in the temple. Wherever God's presence was, was Obed-Edom went and he became a gatekeeper and a worshiper in the temple to look after the ark because God's presence was more important to him and his 60-something children. And 200 years later, his family was still in the temple looking after the ark because God's presence is more important than anything else. And it's worth celebrating. Isn't that great? 
There's another story of a lady in Luke chapter 7. The Pharisees, Simon the Pharisee had organized a dinner for Jesus and Jesus is coming and, and, and he's seated there and they're discussing things and all the Pharisees didn't receive the benefit and the blessing of the Messiah in their presence because they weren't celebrating his presence. They were treating it as something intellectual or maybe they didn't recognize him as God. In fact, the verses before this in Luke chapter 7 said, because they would not submit to God's ways, they didn't get baptized by John, they couldn't receive Jesus and, and the will of God for their lives. So there's, Jesus is in this room, he's in the presence of all these Pharisees and they're talking, but they're not benefiting, but a sinful woman comes in. She lets down her hair, which was an unheard of thing to let down your hair in public. She takes a, a jar, of a alabaster jar of, of perfume, she breaks it, pours it on his feet. She starts crying, wiping his feet with her hair. There's emotion being expressed. It wasn't just the jar of perfume broken. Her heart was broken and her emotion was pouring out. And Jesus said, your sins are forgiven, woman. Your faith has saved you. We still read about it in the Bible because she celebrated his presence. She touched him. Everyone else had him in their presence, but they didn't break through. They didn't touch him by faith the way this woman did. I wonder if that helps you. You know, there's a story of an amazing violinist called Joshua Bell. A few years ago, they did an experiment. He had just been playing in a packed opera house to a whole crowd of people who paid a lot of money to come and hear him play the violin. They would pay hundreds of dollars to hear him. And a few days later, he went to one of the tube stations in Washington, D.C. with this very beautiful violin that cost three and a half million dollars, the violin. And he was one of the best violinists in the world. And he played for 45 minutes in the tube station. You know, six people stopped to listen and only for a few minutes each. And $32 of coins was put in. And most of the people, hundreds of people, went right past this amazing violinist, this beautiful music, and they completely missed it. I want us to be a church who celebrates His presence. Amen? A couple of other stories. Jehoshaphat, in the Old Testament, he's a king, 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Um, there's a big army coming against him, and he doesn't know what to do. And he's worried about it. He's going he's gonna to be defeated. The, the nation of Israel are going to be overrun by these foreign invaders. And the Lord gives him a word. And this is what he says. He said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you will be established. Believe his prophets, you shall prosper. He appointed those who should sing to the Lord, and who should praise the beauty of holiness, as they went out before the army, they were saying, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. What's happening here is that Jehoshaphat is saying, folks, there is an army against us. There is an enemy. There is a hardship. There is a trial. Friends, when you're at work or you're in a hospital room with a terrible diagnosis or you have family members hating you, whatever it is, that enemy is real. But what Jehoshaphat did is he said, we're going to celebrate the presence of God in the midst of this. We're going to say, praise the Lord, His love endures forever. We're going to use the eyes of faith 
not to look at the enemy, but to look at God's presence in, in this situation. And it says in verse 22, when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. We're not saying that there are no hardships in life. We're not saying that Christianity is always roses and laughter and happiness. We're not saying you will always win every battle. What we're saying is when we praise God, when we celebrate His presence, He's here with us, something happens. Maybe one last story. Paul and Silas, Acts chapter 16. They've been imprisoned for preaching the gospel in the town of Philippi. They've been whipped and beaten. They've been put in a prison with their hands and feet in shackles. They're in a cold, dark dungeon, and it's midnight. How many of us would agree that there is no real earthly reason for them to start having a praise party? There's no good worship band with a really cool electric guitarist and lovely beaty songs. There's no preacher saying, praise the Lord. There's not a whole bunch of Christians around them all worshiping with goosebumps. There's no feeling that comes over them. But it says in Acts chapter 16 and verse 25, but at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the prisoners were listening to them. What were they doing? They were celebrating God's presence in the middle of a prison. And what happened? Suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. Immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosed. And this is an important point. When one person celebrates God's presence, not because of a feeling, but by faith, and they say, I know God is here, other people's chains get loosed. Have you ever been into a church or a Christian meeting where you didn't have faith? where you were far from the Lord, where you maybe weren't even a believer, and yet you experienced the presence of God. Have you ever done that? You walked in and God has touched you. A couple of years ago, a man called Norbert came to our church, a lovely friend of us. He lives up in the north of England now. He was not a believer. He walked into our church. He said, I could not stop crying from the minute I walked in. And he cried the whole service. And at the end of the service, he came up to me and he was still crying and he gave his heart to the Lord. What happened there? He didn't have faith, but someone else in that room was celebrating the presence of God and Norbert's chains got broken. That's what I want for us. I want us as a church to celebrate the presence of God. Even in the midst of hardship. Even if the worship leader has a cold and she's sucking 15 strepsils at the morning just to get up on the stage. Well done, babe. <laughs> Even if no one else around me is worshipping, the music's rubbish, I've got hardship in my life, God is still God. He is still here and He still deserves to be praised. Amen? With celebration. With, you know, Jesus said... Actually, God said first in Deuteronomy 6, and then it's happened several times in the Bible, and Jesus affirmed it several times in Luke 10 and various other places. He said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Didn't he? Heart, soul, mind, and strength. Can I tell you what most normal, traditional Christians say? You shall love the Lord your God with all your mind. What about the heart? 
What about the soul? What about the emotions? What about the strength? What about my body worshiping Him and jumping and praising Him? No, no, it's just mind. I'll love the Lord with all my mind. But all those other things, that's for the football match. Friend, if there's anything worth celebrating, it's not football. It's Jesus' presence. We have the King of the universe here with us. Right here. With the same love and mercy and healing power and goodness and forgiveness and all those things. And all he's saying is if you will celebrate my presence by faith, not only your chains get broken, but everybody else's. And so we make room for that. We make room for the gifts of the Spirit. We celebrate. We worship. Some people say you're being too emotional. Some people say you're trying to hype it up and stir it up. No, no. Even in a silent room, even in a prison, even when no one else is worshipping, we will celebrate. And it's just when we come together that we just have a wonderful opportunity to do it in freedom. But we're going to be people who celebrate God's presence on a day-by-day basis. You know, the times I have my, my best prayer times with the Lord are when I don't feel like it, when circumstances are against me, and I just go out into a field, there's a field near my house, and I walk and I praise God. Not because I feel like it, not because I sense goosebumps. I just say, Lord, you are good. Your mercy endures forever. Your presence is with me. Your power is here. And I start to celebrate with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength, all of me. I start to celebrate his presence. And I am changed on a day-by-day basis. Let's be people who celebrate God's presence. Amen. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Please consider supporting this ministry financially by making a donation on the giving page of leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.